0: Hello everyone and welcome back to Shay's Builds Podcast. Hi, how are you? It's been a while. Um, so you're wondering why am I doing this uh, podcast episode on this person? Main reason why is one, I had binged listened to quite a lot of true crime podcast episodes of now turning into one of my favorite podcasts, my favorite murder by Karen Kilgriff. And Georgina Hardstark. Sorry, my watch keeps beeping because people keep texting me. Goodness me, when you... Snapchat, stop. I'm putting you on mute. Nope, that's the wrong thing. Oops. Um so basically <laughs> Great start, Shallan. Great start. Basically, uh I binge listened to a couple of their podcast episodes because I had just downloaded one and it was when they were back in 2018 when they were in Vickers... Ficker Street Ficker Street in Dublin uh with their podcast doing a live broadcast recorded and I just listened to that because they just told two stories about two Irish people um murdered cases which sounds a bit weird to think about people actually come to shows and listen to them but you know what we're nosy people and it's true isn't it we are nosy people but look Um, What happened obviously was Misfortunate and um, Tragic in Circumstances but We do like a good story I guess we are the nation of storytellers And this is about Obviously Sophie Duplanc No I I, I nearly had it I nearly had it Sophie Toscan Duplantier There we go It's going to take me a while to say it But I'm just going to go with this by calling her Sophie Um And the reason why I we're going to talk about this one is because I binge watched the the show on Netflix, which is Sophie, a Murderer uh, in West Cork on Netflix, which came out on the 30th of June this year of 2021, which stars uh, Ian Bailey, Barry Roach and Eugene Gillian and the family of Sophie and just basically talk about the case really of sophie what was she like before and what happened and what happened afterwards um and which obviously was tragic because this was the story of sophie passing away and with that we're just gonna start it off with this and if you just a warning if you're not comfortable in listening to a murder case that is absolutely fine you don't have to listen to it you can stop here right now and say see you later and i would totally understand but this happened and um well it happened sophie was born on the 20th of july in 1957 in paris france she was a television producer. She was married previously before she was married to her current husband, who was Daniel Toscan Duplantier and had a son from her first marriage. Perier, Perier, Perier. I'm so bad. Sorry. She had visited Ireland several times as a teenager and bought a skull cottage in '93 as a holiday home, which she, which she was a regular visitor with her son and locals knew her by her maiden name. The cottage was in a remote part of West Cork of the town of Skull, and she arrived alone in Ireland on the 20th of December in 1966 with the plans to return to Paris for Christmas. On December 23rd in ninety-six, the badly beaten body of Sophie was found in her nightgowns close to her holiday home uh, by her neighbour Shirley Foster, On the 11th of January in ninety-seven, Skull resident Marie Farrell was used a public phone box to call Bandon Garda Police Station. Using the uh, Elias name of Fiona, she says she saw a man at Kilfada Bridge at around 3 o'clock in the morning on the night Sophie was murdered. Following two more calls to the Guardy Farrell's identification was revealed to the police because she rang the third time through her own house landline, which they were able to trace back to her. On February 4th, 97, schoolboy McAmalesey-Reed, is that how you say his name, tells police that Ian Bailey gave him a lift home and told him that he killed Sophie. Ian Bailey was arrested on the 10th of February in 97 at his home for Sophie's murder. He was later released on charge. Ian Bailey, now, this is a man that has been accused of murdering Sophie. He was born in Manchester in England. He worked as a variously as a freelance journalist, sometimes published under the name Owen Bailey. He was also a, far- a fish farm worker and held uh, a market stall at the Skull selling pizzas and poems. He moved to Ireland in 91 and lived with his part- partner Jules Thomas in Skull from 92 onwards. Bailey was known to the local Gardaí from previous incidents of domestic abuse uh, or violence uh, towards Thomas, who is his partner, and resulted in her being in hospital. In 2001, he was convicted of assault in Skibbereen District Court um, for this and under no, liberating effects of alcohol, he had the tendency to become violent and failed his liable case. And the judge stated that Mr. Bailey is a man who likes a certain amount of notoriety and that he likes perhaps to be the limelight and likes to think he's a bit of self-publicity. Bailey denies knowing the victim and while v- witnesses say that um, he Martin Graham has maintained that the girlie bribed him using cannabis to make him statements that Bailey previously knew Sophie. Another witness, Leo Bulger, had the most suffocated cannabis farm ever seen in West Cork and after making a statement linking to Bailey to Sophie that he sent was suspended Bailey was informed of the murder at 1.40pm by an Irish examiner reporter Eddie Cassidy he denies telling Bailey that the woman was French as he did not know this information at the stage several witnesses reported by reportedly told by Bailey before noon that he was reporting on a murder case of a French woman. Another three witnesses stated that they offered crime scene photographs at 1am or 11am, sorry, 11 o'clock in the morning. Uh, Under investigation, he continued to write news articles alleging the victim had multiple male companions and steering suspicion for the murder away from the West Cork towards France. Which also included an article of her husband, who was Daniel. And Daniel was a film producer in France. I think was very successful. Um, Daniel um, also didn't come over to Ireland to identify Sophie's body. He told Sophie's family that they had to do it, and he did not come over at all to See Sophie or the crime scene, or I like that. So that's why I guess Bailey, uh, pointed the finger back at France. A few days later, after the investigation was beginning, um, Bailey was noted to have multiple scratches to his forearms as well as an injury on his forehead. He had claims that the it was due to cutting a down a Christmas tree on the morning of the twenty second. Uh, investigators could not reproduce these injuries while cutting down trees and a witness said uh, on the evening of the 22nd before the murder when they were out with Bailey for a drink they did not recall any of these injuries Bailey and his his partner Jules gave conflicting accounts of where he was that night Uh, they both claimed that they were both in bed that night but Here's the thing, Thomas subsequently retracted the account and said that he actually got out of bed at 10 o'clock, they they went to bed at 10 o'clock, and um, he got out of bed, which she did not see him till 9 o'clock in the morning, and also with a new injury on his forehead. Bailey then changed his the story and said he got up at 4 a.m. writing a article for thirty minutes and returned to bed. Um along with that, as I said, the fourteen year old then claimed this, that he said that uh, he murdered Sophie. An inquest happened on in the seventeenth of April in ninety seven. Um Sophie died from multiple injuries including brain injuries, so that was claimed. And uh, december eighteenth, in ninety seven, it reported that a series of requests from Sophie's family for information of her murder file had been ignored and was denied by the Irish Minister of Justice. It confirms that he received a request from the French authorities in April for mutual assistance no m- yeah, mutual assistance in solving the case. In January 27th in 1998, Ian Bailey was arrested for the second time, questioned and released without charge once again. In March 1999, Guy Gerard told Gardy that Sophie had told him on December 96 that she had a friend in Ireland called Ian Bailey who was exploring these themes of violence in his writing. But also, according to Sophie's family, she had been asking friends and family come to ireland with her which is also kind of worrying <laughs> all right i can get my recording button work oh my god uh so in 2000 in 2000 in the 22nd of september jules thomas with whom Ian Bailey lives, is arrested for the second time and questioned about the murder. Her daughter, Finella, was also arrested and questioned, but released without charge. And the 18th of August in 2001, Bailey's assaulted Jules at their home and was arrested at Cork Airport. He was charged and prosecuted for receiving a three-month suspended sentence. He admits it to the third time he assaulted her in january 2002 following a report of november 2001 criticizing the Gardy investigation against bailey the commissioner pat burn appoints a review t- team a review team to examine the investigation um sophie's parents and son uh began a civil action against ian bailey for the wrongful death of sophie on 2002 on the 19th of december December 2003, Ian Bailey begins a libel action against eight eight newspapers who have linked him to Sophie's murder. He loses six of the actions, but wins against two newspapers. Maurice Ferrell, among the witnesses who testify, she confirms that she saw Ian Bailey at Cafada Bridge on that night of the murder. In 2004, Ian Bailey takes and threatens... Legal action against Marie Farrell for she does not uh, withdraw her comments about him uh, that she made about media case about him uh, in 2003. She refuses. And then in 2005, Ian Bailey solicitor Frank Baltimore says he was contacted by Marie Farrell who said she was coerced by the police by making a false statement and she we now oh she now takes re. re- and can't. Basically, she just pulls out her evidence and says that she saw him on the, the bridge was fake. In two thousand and seven, this is there. I swear, it's every year there's something going on. But this case, um, basically, in we'll just jump forward a couple of years, um, we're going yeah. So two thousand and nineteen. Uh, June 21st, the French authority issues a European arrest warrant for Ian to go to France. On the 12th of October, Ireland's high court rules that Ian Bailey will not be extradited. Later in October, the Irish state decides not to appeal the high court finding and ending all attempts to extradite Bailey to France. So basically, they're saying Ian it's a free man and he won't be going to France um, but in France when they did go to court in 2019 he would have been facing a, a prison sentence of 25 years which now wasn't gonna happen just thinking about this now um, I'm not going to put my personal opinion in it, but... So, Ian Beatty's house from Sophie's house is three miles between each other. And... That's not too far of a walk if he was the person who murdered her. Um. Also, there's an article, as in the 1st of August, about Sophie's um, case on the Irish independent uh, delay, um, by if of Sheehan saying that the Gardaí have asked the French authorities to help the investigation of a potential new lead in um, the murder of Sophie the information was passed to Gardaí by Oscar nominated film director Jim Sheridan who made the murder at the cottage the search for justice for Sophie Which was one out of the two recently released documentaries about Sophie. Um, It was information coming from Marie Farrell, a former Skull shopkeeper, which I've mentioned. Um, I can't read the rest of the article because you have to pay. So uh, that's all the information I can get from that. But um, crazy thing was, Shanina Connor met Ian Bailey. was very random um so uh if we all know about seneida connor she's here um apparently uh she says no lawyer oh this is is seneida connor okay um so it says no lawyer i've ever hired would put me in a witness box if anyone knows about being the worst witness for oneself, it's me. Truly so, I'm fascinated by other people who are terrible witnesses for themselves and Ian Bailey wins a prize in that category. Perhaps he comes one second to a drug fueled James Brown interviewed on CNN after his televised police car chase after Georgia and South Carolina. I often ro- wondered if Bailey's not exactly a man of the year persona coupled with his Coliseum selfishness and immeasurable arrogance his daily habit of telling little lies and the point he's nasty when drunk it has made it easy for him to be painted as a murderer for the 25 years he denies killing sophie and treats about avoiding froggies which bantry market he gives an interview clearly decided to disrespect his ex jules thomas and about many ladies with big bosoms can't tell now he's single right Mm -hmm. i yeah no Uh, um and then there was another article by the irish independent saying uh the Guardian commissioner in this was june 25th this year drew harris has considered a request from ian bailey to review the case file in the murder of sophie almost 25 years ago However, Gurley's spokesman rejected the suggestion that a formal commitment to conduct uh, such a major review in one of the most Ireland's notorious unsolved crimes has given. Um, just to clarify, when Sophie died, she was age 39. Uh, which is still young and uh, it's unfortunate. Like I said, it's unfortunate. Um, 25 years on, this case it's the same age as me um 25 i'm 25 i was born in 96 i was born in april and this happened in december so um you know this i've always heard about this case you know since a young age um or i've heard on the radio from media but I've, i think from what i said there but the the timeline there's something going on every single year um about this um French have claimed that he's in Bailey is guilty and then it looked clearly that he was the person that what well, I'm not saying but it, it was pointing the finger that he did kill Sophie um by the guarantee and then with the witness saying that she saw him on the bridge which now claims to be on false falsely not real. Um you kinda wonder who's who's telling the truth. Um also uh the gate there was a gate so a bit of her bloodstains were on the gate went missing also in evidence. Uh it was in custody of the guardy, and it went missing. How that went missing, who knows. Um but to think Sophie was lured out of her house because when the guardie came, her house was spotlessly clean. No, it didn't show that anyone barged in the house. Uh, her keys of the door was for the house and all of the keys she had was still in the door. So it looked like she obviously got her wellies on, went out. See what happened. Some did someone lure her out, um? Did she see someone outside, um? Someone spook her, and that's why she thought maybe it was a good idea to go outside to shout. Maybe I don't know, but it led her to be brutally murdered and beaten so severely that they couldn't identify her properly. By her, like like her neighbor couldn't identify her. Um which is really unfortunate and I mean another question is why? What did she do? Who in the right mind would kill someone that was only visiting her and also did they think if they knew her or recognised her maybe. Did they think they would become well known for this? Because let's be fair many cases of people who have been known as murderers um, for example, let's go with one of uh, the most notorious ones in the United States. Uh, What I meant was like the uh, Night Stalker in California, the Hillside Strangler um and then of course in england where um dennis sorry for the typing (laughs) i need to get his surname right dennis Nilsson. like they like those murderers once they got arrested and they went to court and their name was sprung out like they wanted more attention than they were getting um which is insane um i shouldn't say insane that's not appropriate sorry what I mean is you know these people took innocent lives um, which was tragic and unfortunate and I think it was okay it's it's not and you know these poor people it should be remembered um, and with Sophie she should be remembered the way she was a talented producer. Uh, on tv and a fantastic mother and family and family member and friend and not be the person that she was brutally murdered by an unknown person and to now 25 years think that it's still unsolved is frustrating not just for her family but for the people of skull like they have 25 years of this you know I think everyone wants to know who it really was and to have the closed case properly would be a closure for people i'd say and you know these things are hard for everyone everyone's reactions is different you know um sophie's family were heartbroken and devastated and mourned for her like i I mean i think a lot of people would be the same and then like it took a year maybe to accept that they think they know this person is the murderer they're gonna go after him um, but also I think it was poor on the Gardie side because they didn't carry out the right investigation for this and I was kind of figuring that out because one, I was watching another, <laughs> shocker another um, uh, crime true crime which was uh, the White Gate murders which happened in um in England. Um and the only reason why I mentioned that one is because is that the White Gate? Is that the right White... no, it's a White Gate farm, isn't it? That's that is Yes, it is. Uh, the White Gate Farm murders. You know, um it was because of a lower detective um sergeant, I think that's what they call him in England, uh, thought the way it was being treated, um written or investigated by the head was wrong and they weren't looking into it. They were saying it was a murder. Suicide, it was a murder. Um it, how do I call it? Murder? It was a murder because it was our son. Jeremy Barber killed his parents, his sister and his two nephews. Um Oh my god, he's still alive. I just seen it. He's still alive. Oh jeez. Oh uh uh you oh uh, anyway it's kinda of fucked up, um, that one. Uh oh god. Anyway, um i went off trail sorry um i think uh it's it's i think for everyone and i think with this new documentary of it on netflix i mean i've been seeing tweets people people have made their decision from watching it they know in their own minds that not me i'm saying everyone else who have tweeted uh their allegations of it that they think Ian Bailey has done it uh, and should be. But then they're also criticizing the Gardaí and uh, I would agree because the way they went through this is not the best. And to be fair, he, I can, in a way, it's, it was, what, one, one. <clears throat> the Guardian there from Skull never had this kind of involvement of a murder case um two, they had to wait for twenty hours for someone from Dublin, Gardy, uh, to come to Cork to check and uh investigate Sophie's body and how she got murdered. Because they didn't have anyone in Cork at this t- time to do that. Um obviously and now clearly from twenty five years ago to now we have more equipment and ways of figuring out how people have been murdered and uh their time with that and all this uh t- technology with dna and all this kind of stuff so um like back then it was only fingerprinting i think still, so, which is quite dated but anyway uh that as well so um which is unfortunate and with that i am going to end this episode. Um, thank you guys for listening in. Um, I it, it's you know from watching, uh, the po- Netflix, um, p- show. I was and episodes of it. You know, I I think people of Cork and everywhere else in the world have, kind of made clear what their thoughts of the the show was, and their thoughts of the uh, evidence and, on ian bailey uh i'm not gonna say my comments um but i do think you know people on twitter have been pretty clear that they think ian bailey has murdered sophie and have called out the guardie quite a lot of times on twitter about him so uh it's clear that um they do think he is the person but um i look it it looks in a way the show kind of points it to him it's like Ian did it, but um we weren't there and I think to be fair things went missing in the investigation. For example, the metal gate went missing. Yeah, yeah, the metal gate which had Sophie's blood uh stained on the <laughs> the gate has uh, gone missing in person of and it was in Gertie's uh um the had it, so I, I don't know how the hell they did that, uh, but that's caused a bit of drama there, and along with that, um, the guardy, the way they investigated it, obviously didn't work out, because one, the guardy didn't have the facilities and equipment we have now, secondly, they had to wait for a guard uh, team... Come from Dublin down to West Cork, and it took quite a long journey because West Cork is ages away. It's nearly five and a half, six hour drive from Dublin, uh, especially where Skull is. So, um, that, and I think really, I don't know how to end this. It's just, you know, it's been, you know, I think a lot of people want the closure of this case, especially the family. But also the people the skull, because they've been living twenty five years of this, and I guess also with that, uh, you know, it's been hard on everyone. Um, I'm not gonna say it's yeah. anyway. Look, um, that's it. <laughs> I'm not good at this, um, uh, especially this one, because I'm I'm from Cork, and you know I've I've been the skull and initially i've thought about it but i didn't think about the case when i was down there you know it's a beautiful place and i can see why people would go down there and i could see why sophie loved it as much because it is such a stunning town with the sea and especially on a beautiful day uh it would be um yeah may she rest in peace and hopefully eventually they will figure something out about this case and he was the uh it would be closed with that i'll see you guys all very soon thank you for listening if you do want to listen to the other podcasts i have on the uh show check them all out and i'll see you guys all very soon